Welcome to The Field Viewpoint, a Digital Farming Institute podcast. I'm your host, Valerie Sled. This is not just another ag tech podcast. This podcast brings together viewpoints that move far beyond field view button pushes and standard sales pitches. Whether you're a seasoned seller looking to sharpen your digital sales skills, or you're just starting your journey using digital tools in the field, this podcast is designed to help you build your confidence with your confidence. In today's episode, we talk to our climate enablement managers about field view confidentiality and how to handle objections around data privacy. Let's get started. Well, welcome back to another Digital Farming Institute podcast with the Field Viewpoint. We have Daniel Coombe and uh, my other half, Mr. James Sled. Both of them are climate enablement managers. Dan Coombe covers the Northern Plains region and James covers Illinois, uh, both as CEMs. I'm grateful for their time today to be talking about another objection that we know we hear a lot in the field. This time we're talking about data privacy, which is one of the more dreaded objections I think that we face sometimes in the field. So I'm grateful to have them both on. I think of my husband as being one of the most private people I know. So data privacy is right up his alley to tackle. And of course, Dan Coon, both of these gentlemen actually represent a wealth of training knowledge in the field. Both of them have years of time that they've spent working with their FSRs. And so I'm just grateful that we can tap on them for this podcast. So I'm going to kick it over, let Mr. Coom introduce himself, and then I'll let James introduce himself. Yep. So I'm Dan Coom. I live in West Fargo, North Dakota, cover Northern North Dakota, Northern Minnesota. Been in the role six years now, cover all of the teams, DeKalb, Ray, and Channel, and crop protection as well. Thank you, Dan. Uh, James Sled, uh, Climate Enablement Manager. I am in West Central Illinois, I covered the West Central Illinois Territory. I live in St. Louis, but started out with Monsanto as a DSM or now FSR in Western Nebraska, and then moved over to climate in 2016. Been in various roles, field product specialist, and then we've changed, you know, climate business manager, climate enablement manager. They're all the same, but um, yeah, since 2016, really love what I get to do. And and uh, you say this is a dreaded topic. I this is my favorite topic. <laughs> Which is, again, another reason why I asked both of you to join this call. So Mr. Canuck is with us again. Andrew is here to represent that sales strategy piece, and he's going to start us off with another quick level set of when we're talking about objections, handling objections, how we should approach them, what our mindset should be to engage in the process. So Mr. Canuck, take it away. Thank you, Val. So quickly, folks, we're going to talk about how do we handle the objections? What are the steps? Number one is we're going to listen. That's uh, verbally making sure we're understanding what's coming back to us, looking for those nonverbal cues in that listening process. Two, we need to acknowledge what that objection is with the customer. Three, we need to clarify what the objection might be and make sure that we understand. Then we go to step four, which is answering the objection with the customer. And step five is verifying that our answer meets that customer objection so we can confirm that we can move ahead or we have to find additional information. With that, when you look at answering the objection, there's the erase model. So we can answer by experiences, reasons, authority, statistics, and examples. So I just want to give a brief recap on this. We're not going to dive in any further, but if you ever have any questions, you can reach back out and we can certainly walk you through that. 
we're going to dive right into this data objection that we get. Fellas, can you share with us what's the big deal about this data complexity objection and data privacy? I think one of the biggest things is the unknown. Uh, a lot of customers are unsure of what they're what they're going to essentially have with their data. So all these customers have large amounts of data in their accounts. I think the biggest unknown is who is accessing this data and what are we doing with it? What could we be doing with it? And what does it look like three years down the line if they do put that data into this system? I think that's the biggest unknown, at least in my book. Yeah, and I'd say from, you know, growers are big here of data issues, you know, whether it's in news media, um, you know, or just out there in the ag community. And so it goes back to Dan's point of, of the unknown. And, and that's something that, you know, for us coming in as CEMs, we don't usually have that relationship with a grower the way that a, a dealer would have or an FSR would have. Uh, so it, it's about a level of trust and not just trust with the individuals, but they're also trusting us as a company climate as well as Bayer. Fellas, uh, you start off with a bang right there, and I do want to ask you to maybe level set a second. How often do you get this data privacy objection from your perspective? Can you say like a percent of time or is there certain times it comes up during the sales calendar year? So for me, when I'm with growers, there's, again, I look at this a little differently. So with, with growers, does data privacy come up? Yes. And I would say it's probably 60% of the time that something is mentioned. Uh, but there's also that 40% that maybe I'm a little unorthodox in how I approach it, but I will bring the objection up for the grower because the ones who are vocal about data privacy, those are the ones that you can engage and have a good conversation with that's already top of mind. The other ones are the ones that I worry about that the data privacy after the sales call that they start remembering or thinking about that topic. I don't ever want to leave there without that topic coming up and it gives them some reassurance of them being a part of the climate field view product or being on the climate field view product. And so 100% of the time data privacy is brought up, whether it's from me or from the grower, but I would say, you know, 50, 60% of the time they will bring it up themselves. So how does you bring that up proactively? There's a concept called Ben Duffy where you're putting yourself in the customer's shoes or their perspective. How does that resonate with that customer? What do you see back from that 40% when you're helping them through that and they weren't even anticipating this conversation? A deer in the headlight look at first because it's you know not something that they brought up and that I'm willing to dive into it. Uh, and it eases that tension uh, really from the get-go. But I will make sure usually that we go through you know, the tools and, and the benefits and the features of climate and let them ask all the questions that they want to ask. And then I will I will bring up data privacy usually towards the end and, and I'll say, hey, I just want to make you aware of what it is. And then I'll start asking them questions. Do you, do you want me to go through, you know, what your data is used for, how your data is used, how you get to manage your data? And it's always a yes. And, and we will just spend additional time going through those points but you know i will ask them questions around privacy and not put them on the spot where they're having to think of things immediately great call out there dan could you share with us how do you use the data privacy policy and 
Do customers have an awareness where to find our data privacy policy for Climate Field View? So I, I use it kind of as a back pocket tool. So it's not something that I typically bring up when I'm sitting with a customer, whether it's a farmer or a dealer, it doesn't matter who it is. I'll typically talk through it just the same way James would do it. We'll, we'll bring up and we'll address a couple of different things. I would say in, in the six years of doing this, I think three separate times I've actually had to pull up the actual data privacy statement. So it's something that if, if we can address it at a high level, we can eliminate a lot of those questions. Do customers know where to find it? I think right off the get go, I don't know that they necessarily know where to find it. Now, can we show them and can we help walk them through it? We definitely can do that. But I think taking a little bit of the trust that you have and that grower has in you is definitely a, a good skill set to utilize to kind of not necessarily combat this question, but to go against it and kind of build that relationship up with that customer. You guys are really hitting on the fact of trust and relationship and some empathy standing in their shoes to make sure that you're treating customers the way that you like to be treated. And I really appreciate that. It can be a very scary subject, but yet what you guys are telling us, it can be broken down and not be a major concern. If you're willing to have that conversation, you can establish that trust and ultimately you can guide them to where the tools and resources are. What I'd maybe like to know from y'all's aspect, uh, from your background, you've got some seed experience, maybe some chemistry. How are the data privacy objections different than a traditional seed and chemistry objection? I think the biggest thing still goes back to the unknown a little bit. Customers are very aware when they look at the, I mean, the data, the data around seed and chemistry, if that's part of the question is, they're used to signing that. They're used to kind of sharing some of that data but they, they're not used to sharing that very personalized data set. So I think the objections are definitely a little bit different, partially because they're not sure what this is gonna be, what impact this may have on them down the road. But the other piece is this is, this is an objection that's, it's somewhat difficult to talk about if you're, if you're not comfortable when it comes to technology. So the more comfortability you have around how this platform works, how the customer engages and what they do every day, the easier this conversation has, where a lot of times seeding chemistry is purely based on performance. This is a little bit more based on theory or what could or couldn't happen. So it's, it's a little bit different conversation, but I think arming yourself with a little bit of the information around what we have in the privacy policy and what it means to you and your customers will definitely help you in that conversation. Yeah, I'd echo exactly what, what Dan had just said. Seeding chemistry, it's more transactional, it's performance-based, it may be price-based, you know, with data privacy, you're you're putting a lot more trust into the unknown. The only thing I'll say that I'll tie this with seeding chemistry, uh, something I do coach with my, my FSRs and my dealers and growers who have issues with data privacy is there's no hiding the truth that, you know, for Bayer, seeding chemistry I mean, that, that's our, our bread and butter and how we generate our revenue. We're not going to sell your data. We're not going to jeopardize anything on the digital side that's going to affect our seeding chemistry. We utilize and leverage that trust that is built in the, in the local level with seeding chemistry to help engage customers with digital technology. And so having that understanding, I think, helps that grower understand that we're not we want them as a seeding chemistry customer. We also want them as a digital customer, and we're not going to let one or the other jeopardize the opposite. This is kind of a follow-up question to that, and 
you really laid that out very nicely. I know all of us at some point have sifted through the data privacy policy. Was there anything that sticks in your guys' minds that would surprise our audience here that was in the data privacy policy and would maybe be a, something that you'd recommend that they go read? I think it goes to the price, you know, using your data to price. We don't, we, that's something that we don't do, but we can leverage your data to help you with discounts. It is highlighted in the data privacy policy. And when growers see that, it brings a lot of assurance to them. One thing, it's, it's spelled out the data privacy policy, but it's not really, uh, you know, there's a lot of language that can be confusing or, or jargon. Uh, but I try to help growers understand that climate is still a separate subsidiary of Bayer, that there is a firewall protection that if you want Bayer to see your data. So, for example, if you're going to be a part of any of the new business models, Seed Showcase or Delaro trials or the Presion Smart Corn trials, like you have to sign documentation to allow Bayer to see that data. And that, at that point, it's growers are, are all on board and, and completely understand, and that increases that level of trust. I think for me, the biggest piece is the data aggregation. The biggest concern I get with people is, is they're very concerned that their FSR, their dealer, somebody at Bayer can just pull up a computer and look at the individual files from that individual grower. That's not the case. If that becomes the case, that'll be just like James said, they'll have to sign an agreement. They'll physically be knowing that they're signing that over. But the way it sits today is it needs to be aggregated. So there's no one that can physically go in and look at what was your yield from your home quarter. There's a few more layers in there that it's going to take to get that data aggregation. So no one has the, the specifics on any individual field. That For me, that's the biggest question I get from a customer, whether it's a farmer, dealer, whoever it may be, is who can see what I'm doing? The other piece of that data privacy that I show that I think it helps a lot is showing a customer what it takes to share a field. So before I leave any farm, if they have any questions around data privacy or sharing, is I'll go through and show a customer how to share their account with myself, with a dealer, with whoever they want. But before I'm done with that, I make sure I show them how to remove that sharing. From a grower standpoint, if they don't want anybody to see that data, it's very simple to remove that sharing. And the second they hit that button, it's completely done. So it does give the grower a little bit more control and a little bit more comfortability around who can see what, who can access everything and what specifics they can see. Those are, for me, those are the big points I hit on. Gentlemen, you've provided some awesome components there based on the privacy policy. And one thing that I would throw in there, I used to be your colleague on the field view side and transferred back to the Bayer Crop Science Division on the seed and chemistry side. And for the listeners here, the minute I changed roles, I was completely cut off from climate and there was an audit done to make sure I had no access to data. We take this very seriously as climate field view, making sure that things are in order. So the tools that these gentlemen used to service and support, I was out immediately and had to uh, go ahead and re-engage climate support to take care of the customers when I made that uh, professional transition. So I hope that puts some of y'all at ease based on what we're talking about and, and how serious we take this because it's priority number one with data privacy. Let's maybe think about... Um, you get that phone call, you, you're in that conversation with a colleague, maybe a farmer. What are your tips? How do you encourage people that 
this is a conversation worth having. We shouldn't run away from it. We should face it directly like you two have boldly said here thus far in this podcast. I think for me, the biggest thing is, is when we run away from it, it looks like we're hiding something. When we try and skirt around it, the more we don't address it, the more questions it, it raises. And they may not have a question the second they leave that farm. But when you leave that farm and two days pass by, they come up with something. If we didn't address it, it doesn't look good on our side that we didn't address it. We didn't bring it up. And at least we don't need to go into certain depth with everybody. But it's definitely something I think we should address because it does look like we're opening all the doors so they can see what's going on behind the operation. Just to Dan's point there, I don't know if I have anything else to, to add to that. That's exactly the way I approach it and the way that we you know, generate success from this. Hey, one last question I'll throw your way. Uh, as we think about data privacy, we have Climate Field View as our data privacy policy. And then we've got API partners that customers can connect to my John Deere Operations Center or Centera, another uh, API partner. How do you talk the customer through that based on what's here with climate on data versus then what's the data privacy policy with that third-party API? Always encourage growers to look at the third-party API privacy policy. We have a, a partner and a competitor that when you read through, you you own your data that you generate, but you don't own the machine gener- you know generated data. Growers they don't realize that or some growers become so comfortable with climate data privacy policy that they just assume all the other companies are, are just like us. And, and that's where I put that challenge back to dealers, FSRs, and growers. But to your point there, Andrew, you, you said some, some verbiage there that the grower, when the grower connects, the grower has to connect themselves to who, whichever API partner that we have. You know, if they're trying to utilize those services as well. And that's where for the grower, I would say, always keep your password and your username login to yourself. That's why we can share with other FieldView users. You don't have to give out your your login information for someone else to view it. And that would be the same way with those for those APIs. You know, keep that login information to yourself. And if someone else wants to view that data, you need to figure out for that API how that is done and never let go of your own information because when you give out that login information, you lost control of your data. Well, gentlemen, as I said at the beginning, I asked you both specifically for this podcast. I think of you both as very experienced trainers in addition to wearing all the other hats in your role. And joking aside about uh, James, you being a private person, I know that you both take data privacy very seriously. I know that we've already touched a little bit on just general tips around this objection in general, but at this point, I kind of want you to put your trainer hats back on and think if you were teaching a man how to fish, if you were training other FSRs on how to coach around this particular objection, because it is something we hear so often in the field, how could an FSR coach a dealer to better handle this type of objection and conversation? I want you all to try one more time at helping us think about what are some ways that they could potentially train or coach other dealers on handling data privacy? This is probably not going to be the most uh, popular answer among the girl, but I think <laughs> I think this is something that will it will definitely help you as an FSR better understand this. And 
and reading through the data privacy policy, it's it's not something that's probably not the most fun thing to read, but I think understanding what the data privacy policy is, what it means, and, and what are our, kind of our capabilities and restrictions inside of that, I think that will help you as an FSR better recite some of these answers back to a dealer when a dealer comes up and asks you a specific question. If you don't know all the specifics without reading through the policy, it's going to be a very tough time to answer that question. For me, that would be my biggest tip. It's not a fun read. Break it up into a couple different minutes or a couple different hours, whatever it may be. But if you can understand what's in there, that I think will help you definitely answer those questions a lot better. So I'll say before, you can't coach others until you coach yourself. And so my encouragement to whether it is a grower or if it is for those dealers and FSRs that you spend some time, I know it may not be as fun loving as, as what you would like of an activity, but spend some time reading through privacy policy, understanding if you have questions, reach out to your CEM, uh, but you've got to get yourself prepared before you ever go and sit down with that grower. Because at the end of the day, and, and I've done, I mean, I've got a master's degree that I did extensive research on growers trust and people buy from people. And so it is, it's your trust that is built with that grower that's going to be the deciding factor immediately if that grower is going to believe what you're saying or, or not. And I always think about for the average farmer, there's probably about 20 to 25 different folks who are selling coming onto their farm, whether it's equipment, whether it's seed, chemistry, you know, it may be soil, you know, and so out of that 2025, where do you rank as a seller? Are you in that top three that they truly trust and believe are, you know, agronomic advisors and is going to assist them on their farm? Or are you down the latter portion? Because that's going to decide a lot of what that grower is willing to do. And so that probably challenges the sales rep more than anything to elevate their game and where they're at. But people buy from people and trust is a big thing. So you got to you gotta have some of that trust built up or begin to build that trust with them. And then the other thing is, is don't shy away from the conversation. And within that, don't shy. And, and that goes back to preparing yourself. If you walk in there and you're not ready for that question from a grower and you don't have the answers because you didn't prepare yourself, it's going to look really bad on you and you're you're taking steps backwards in getting that grower acclimated to using or gathering their data. I guess my tip would be, if you don't know that privacy policy and that grower asks you, say, hey, let's sit down together and let's review this. And then if we have questions, I'll reach out to my CEM. Don't immediately say, well, let me call my CEM up because it's going to make you look like an idiot. No, I'm not going to sugarcoat that one. But don't shy away from that conversation. You prepared yourself. Be ready for those questions and start even thinking ahead of time the way that we should in any type of sales environment. We should already have some of those objections that we're thinking through, putting ourselves in that farmer's shoe and what could possibly be asked. James, you said one thing right there, sit down in that sales call and go through the privacy policy. Could you tell our listeners how to find that privacy policy? Most everybody's got an iPad, a smartphone, a computer. How would they access this quickly during a sales call to help that customer with this data privacy objection? Yeah, uh, great question. And and I'll also leverage Dan and see how Dan's method is because we may have two different methods. But these growers, whether they already have it, if they already have a Climate Field View account, I say go to climate.com. You can log in and then under the settings tab down at the bottom, there will be legal. 
and you click on that tab right there and then it will open up the end user license agreement as well as the privacy policy or if they're brand new they've never they're not logged in or they don't have a climate account you can just access it from the climate.com page when you're doing the sign up there will be links provided those are the two methods that i use all right, guys, y'all killed it. I'm grateful for both of you, grateful for your time. And best of all, I think this is going to be one of the shortest podcasts that we have to date. So good job on being concise as well. I heard the resounding message of certainly find that data privacy statement, read it, spend time preparing. That was a, a major emphasis I heard from both of our interviewees today. But if you have any other questions about this objection, I know these guys are open to hearing questions from the field, even if you're not from their region. So we'll reach out to them if you have any questions. Thank you, Dan. Thank you, James, for your time and looking forward to hearing this podcast on our uh, playlist. Stay tuned for our next episode where we have a real conversation about field view competitors and how to handle objections around other digital platforms in the ag tech space. Until next time, this has been The Field Viewpoint. Services and products offered by Climate LLC are subject to the customer agreeing to our terms of service. Our services provide estimates or recommendations based on models. These do not guarantee results. Agronomists, commodities, brokers, and other service professionals should be consulted before making financial, risk management, and farming decisions. More information at climate.com disclaimers. FieldView is a trademark of Climate LLC.